Hello you filthy animals and welcome to another episode of the Old Metal Bar Steward brought to you in part by 25 Years Later Media and the Ruminations Radio Network. I am your host, the Old Metal Bar Steward himself, Neil Gray and before we get into this week's show it's time for the usual disclaimer. The opinions and thoughts of the Old Metal Bar Steward are mine and mine alone and in no way reflect the opinions and thoughts of 25 Years Later Media and the Ruminations Radio Network. Before we go any further, a bit of housekeeping this week. I'm not going to be here next week. So expect a double episode of news the week after, if you follow me. I could tell you why I'm going to be AWOL, but then I'd have to kill you. So with that out of the way, let's get to it, shall we? Out with the old and in with the news. It looked as if, for the first time in quite a while, I'd be doing a Tombs episode without having to talk about Ted Nugent. This is a shame as I quite like Nutty Nugent Watch. And calling old Ted out for being a bigoted, racist, homophobic asshole, well, that pretty much makes me happy. But it had gotten a Thursday and hadn't been a peep out of him. Had he died? Had he gotten wind of the fact that I'm using him as pretty much half the material in my show and decided to clam up and ruin this week's episode? Where's Teddy? Which I figure is exactly like Where's Wally, but far more hate-filled and with far more weapons. It honestly seemed like I'd actually get a week off of having to regurgitate his bar, but then I woke up this morning, insert blues riff here, and old Ted was back in the news giving his opinions on how to stop mass shootings in America. That's right, the NRA-loving right-wing poster boy has had his say on the tragedy in San Jose, and as you imagine, it was a well-thought-out and sensible piece and didn't once look to lay the blame at anyone's doorstep. Now bear with me, this is kind of long, but I think the whole world needs to hear Ted's words of wisdom. He said, I see all these news reports, news reports, they're not news reports, they're propaganda explosions. So, straight out of the gate, Ted's accusing the media of reporting false news. I bet his boy Trump is so proud of him. He continued, we had a horrible shooting in San Diego, and then someone will criticize us for offering our thoughts and prayers to the victims. Well, we do offer thoughts and prayers to the victims. Okay, credit where it's due, that was actually a pretty decent thing to do. Then again, Hitler probably sent out birthday cards and Christmas presents. You followed this up with, and you know, this kind of stuff could be stopped. Now, ladies and gentlemen, strap yourself in. This is going to be a bumpy ride. So there's a shooting in San Diego by a guy who has been reported to government officials numerous times that he rapes his wife, he rapes his ex-wife. He has stated numerous times to the people in his life, I want to kill people. I'm really upset down at VTA. I'd like to kill those people. And so the people who heard these threats of violence called people in charge, people with authority, and right away the news goes, he's probably used one of those assault weapons, those military assault weapons, to kill that many people. No, he used two handguns. The San Diego shooter used two handguns. Well, where did he get them? I don't know, Ace Hardware, or the same place that the Crips and the Bloods get them, or maybe MS-13 get them. Maybe they got them from Eric Holder and Barack Obama. Alright then. I'm so glad that Ted pointed out that this fucking lunatic didn't use an assault rifle, but instead just two pistols to go on a fucking killing spree, as this must be a great comfort to those families that have now been torn apart by this fucking cunt's actions. And also, if I wanted to buy a gun, 
I'd definitely go and see Barack Obama, as I've heard he has an interesting sideline in weapons. Ted Nugent is a dumbass. Continuing, see what's going on here? The propaganda ministry in the United States of America has brainwashed so many feeble, comfortably numb, brain-dead, soulless punks that they believe this shit. Hey, Mr. Newcaster. I wanted to say Newcaster then, but, you know, it's Newcaster. He didn't use an AR-15. He had two handguns. And you know how he killed all these people? Now, your old metal bastard is going to go out on a limb here and say, I don't know, shooting fucking holes in them? It was Freak Boy's Biden's dream. It was David Chipman's dream where those people died. Because obviously, obviously people like this dream that people get shot so they can make a big deal about it. Just like in every instance where the most innocent lives are lost. It's David Chipman's dream. It's in Sarah Brady's dream. It's in Barack Obama's dream of gun-free zones and we still accept it. Tell your mayor, your senator and your congressman and your governor every fucking day that most innocent lives are always lost in gun-free zones by people with fucking guns. The guitar player can fix that. End gun-free zones. I have the right to protect my sacred gift of life. I swear to God, Ted, if I ever met you, you wouldn't have a life, but carry on. On planet Earth, man, period. Thank God America has the Second Amendment because it's the only place that does because the rest of the world don't have, oh, I don't know, fucking guns. And if you get rid of all the violent, democratic-controlled cities, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't be in the top 100 of crimes with firearms in the world. Yes, Yes, you fucking would, because you have fucking guns. If you got rid of Chicago and Detroit and San Francisco and Baltimore, if you got rid of all the Democratic-run gun-free zones, America wouldn't be in the top 100 of slaughter zones in the world again. Yes, you would. Yes, you fucking would, because you have fucking guns. The Democrats like you to lose control and to be unarmed and helpless. What a curse. What a demonic decree. That another man could possibly tell you, no, I'm afraid you can't defend yourself in these areas. <sighs> That's right, freaks and geeks. Ted Nugent's solution to the seemingly weekly massacres happening in America is to fucking arm people. Give everyone a big fucking gun and let them shoot it out. I mean, what could possibly go wrong? After all, if you want to put out a fire... The best way of doing that is by pouring fucking gasoline on top of the bastard. Now, I've always been of the belief that the reason not a single president has done anything drastic is banned guns in America is that A, will put a huge dent in the economy and put a lot of people out of work, and B, the fallout from that would see any chance of another term go up in smoke, as well as the possibility of any kind of bill like that passing through the requisite houses would be near fucking impossible, but when people like Ted Nugent are the ones who have these weapons and their beloved right to bear arms, then I'm even more convinced that it needs to be done. If the thought of thousands of heavily armed, hate-filled, mini Ted Nugents doesn't scare you, America, then you really need to be paying closer attention. Right. Under happier news, and Dee Snyder has released his lead single from his forthcoming album, Leave a Scar. It's called I Gotta Rock Again, and it is easily the most brutal four minutes and 25 seconds you'll hear this year. According to the man himself, though, it almost didn't happen, due to the fact that he was done with music. He said, 
I Gotta Rock again is the starting gun for this album and the driving motivation behind me returning to the studio to record Leave a Scar. At the end of 2019, I had felt my recording and live performing was over, but I didn't announce it to the world. I mentally had decided that I was done. But the state of things in 2020 had other plans for me. Between COVID and the political state around the globe, I found myself yearning, yes I say yearn, to get back into the studio. In the immortal words of Ive Cube, I've got something to say. Well, thank the fuck for that. I'm a huge fan of Dee Snyder. I'd like to say friend of the show here, but, you know, that'd just be really egotistical, so you can cut it out if you want one. And the thought that he was on the verge of calling it a day is one that would never have crossed my mind until he admitted it. Luckily, so much shit has gone down since the end of 2019 that he's found a new drive to get into the studio and put it all down. And if I Got a Rock Again is anything to go by, then when Leave a Sky hits the stores and streaming platforms on July the 30th, it's going to be a loud metal ear shredding 12 track masterpiece. As D says himself, Leave a Scar is filled with messages to and full of silent voices in the world who need someone to speak out on their behalf. This is my purpose. And your old metal bastard can't fucking wait. Elsewhere, the Linda Lindas have been lighting up the interwebs with their performance of their song Racist Sexist Boy Inside a Public Library. Now, until this went viral, I'd never heard of the Linda Lindas before, but it's such a raucous, metalous fuck track that sees them take aim at the kind of idiots they must deal with on a daily basis so fucking brilliantly that I am now a complete convert to their cause, and I'm not the only one who's a fan. Rage Against the Machines' Tom Morello was on board with everyone's favourite new band as he retweeted the song on his Twitter account, helping it be pushed even further into the stratosphere. Honestly... It's not hard to see why, but if you somehow haven't managed to catch this bus as it's done the rounds, get on over to YouTube and check them out after the show. I promise you, if you like kick-ass rock and roll, then you won't be disappointed. Slipknot news now, and it seems that the new album they're working on is going to be a killer. According to Corey Taylor, who was talking to Laser 103.3, it was something that we just kind of started kicking around, obviously, in quarantine, and Clown hit me up. He was like, hey... We're going to start working on some new music. Are you down? I was like, yeah, absolutely. Start sending me stuff. I'm going to start figuring it out. So they started putting together some rad music, man. Rad, sorry. Really cool stuff that made me start thinking about my own box and challenging myself. And it was cool because I got excited again about exploring some different stuff and not just being so driven in my own thing, but thinking outside, trying to tell other people's stories again. And that's kind of where I'm going with this new Slipknot album trying to tell other people's stories and not just my own. And it's feeling pretty rad, man. I can't wait for people to hear it. Clown himself has already called their new material God's Music and with The Neck now raving about it and using the word rad, which has to be the most Corey Taylor thing ever, I can't wait for this to hit the shelves. Obviously, there's nothing official release-wise yet, but if I had to hazard a guess, well, I think we'll be looking at next year. Having said that, however, Knotfest is returning this September in the home state of Iowa, so you never know. They might be far enough down the line and could be looking to drop the new opus in time for the Triumph for Homecoming. At least I'd expect them to debut a few choice cuts from it. Either way, I'd wait until the sun went out if it meant getting my hands on a new Slipknot record, so whenever they decide to drop it, 
is pretty fine by me. Download is returning this year as well from June the 18th to June the 20th, which is fucking awesome news, at least for the lucky 10,000 who can get tickets. You see, it's not a full-on festival, as you still can't do that in this country or anywhere else in the world, I don't think, but it's called Download Pilot, a test event to see how far we are along with getting us all back out banging our heads together. According to Festival Republic's Melvin Ben, following the huge success of our Sefton Park event, we're delighted to contribute to phase two of the government's events research program with the creation of the first three-day camping festival, which will be the download pilot at Donington Park. This massive next step will help us understand and study the safe return of large-scale festivals with no social distancing or face masks over a full weekend. The return of the full festival experience we've all been waiting for and a much-needed return to work for musicians, backstage crew, caterers, and many, many more that form part of the UK's exemplary live music industry. Now, everyone that attends this will, obviously, have to go through the rigorous testing to show they have no COVID symptoms at all, but this does mean that you'll be able to mosh, slam dance, camp, though what you'd want to is beyond me, and do all the other things that you've been itching to do with your fellow metalheads ever since this whole fucking shithouse went up in flames. I hope each one of you that has tickets to go to this has a fucking killer time and to help show that we can be trusted to gather on mass sooner rather than later. Though, if you're expecting to see maidens or priests or slipknots at this pilot event, you shouldn't be, as the lineup has been announced and the headliners of Frank Carter and the Rattlesnakes Enter Shakiri and bullet for my valentine. If that's your bag, baby, then your quid's in. But if you were hoping for some legendary acts to take the stage, then you're shit out of luck. Perhaps hold off until next year if that's the case. In other tour news, everyone's favourite Germanic metal gods, Ramstein, have announced that they're returning to North America for a stadium tour from August to October, but not until 2022. Now, I'm not a huge Ramstein fan, at least musically, as it just leaves me a little flat. But, having said that, they are one of the most amazing live acts you could ever see. There really aren't enough bands who put the theatre in rock music anymore, but Ramstein has it down to a fine art. The spectacle they put on every time they hit the stage is almost second to none, and it really is breathtaking. So whether or not you get anything out of their music, I urge you to go and see them perform live, as it will be an experience you will never forget. Hey kids, it's Don Shanahan from the Sunfile Hits of Fit, one of the podcasts on the Ruminations Radio Network. If you've been enjoying this show, come listen to Will Johnson and I fight it out over cinema's best and worst on Cinephile Hits of Fit. Find us and all the great shows over on RuminationsRadioNetwork.com. The metal god, Rob Halford, has been talking about a possibility of another collaboration with Baby Mel, and it seems that he's fully on board with the idea. When asked about it by Metal Hammer, he said, it would be great to jump in on a gimme chocolate or a headbanger, but even more than that, I would love to sing in Japanese because I've never done anything like that. It would be a thrill to sing a Baby Metal song, but rather than one of their existing songs, I'd like to do something unique. We can make a one-off special. That would be a dream. Maybe when Priest goes to Japan next, we could stop in the studio and do an original song. Call it Fox God Metal God, which is the most metal title ever. Now, I've been quite vocal about the fact that I feel as if Baby Metal are taking a piss 
and what they're charging their fans to be part of their 10th anniversary. And if truth be told, I've lost quite a bit of respect for them as I feel that they're just doing a kiss and trying to rip every last cent and penny out of our hands. Having said that, however, the idea of them teaming up again with the Metal God to work on something brand new is something I'd love to see and would go a little way to repairing the damage done by their money-grabbing antics. Not that they care what your old metal bastard would think, but it's something that needs to happen. Nita Strauss has been talking about a second album, which she's been working on during quarantine, that seems to have being trapped inside a bubble hasn't affected her one little bit. Talking to Life in Six Strings, the guitar goddess said, It's been an interesting process being creative in this time, but ultimately, I'm really proud of how everything is coming out. I think it's some of the most interesting stuff I've done musically. And I've been focusing a lot more on the song. My first album was kind of like, how much cool guitar stuff can I do? And this time there's a lot of cool guitar stuff, if I do say so myself. But there's also a lot more of a focus on the song and the songwriting and the journey that it takes a listener on. I've been working with different songwriters and producers to sort of help me refine my skills in that area and not just be me vomiting guitars all over the song. And it's been a really good growth process for me. So I'm really happy with how it's coming out. She also mentioned how this album would be purely instrumental, adding, I will have some guest singers on it this time. There are a couple of names that are attached that one in particular, if this happens, will be a really, really crazy crossover that people wouldn't expect. And then some of the others that vibe with my personal style, or whatever it is, I can promise you it will not be boring and it will not be what you expect. Now, I'm a huge fan of a 2018 debut, Controlled Chaos, but even I get a little tired of guitar noodling after a while. <laughs> Hell, that's why I can't listen to Steve Vai or Joe Satriani for too long, as it gets a bit self-indulgent and wanky. Luckily, it seems that Strauss has realised that doing another album of instrumental tracks might just be pushing the envelope too far, no matter how good they are, and has decided to add some vocalists into the mix. This has me pretty intrigued but not as intrigued as where she says there's a guest vocalist attached that will be a really really crazy crossover just please don't let it be Bruno fucking Mars time for a little bit of politics now with two stories on totally different ends of the spectrum first up French President Emmanuel Macron had his own personal metal concert in his back garden recently after he lost a bet with two French comedians called McFly and Carlita. And no, I have no idea who they are either, but as they've got over 6 million YouTube subscribers, I think it's safe to say that they're quite fucking popular. Anyway, it seems the French President bet them that if they made a video about the need to wear masks, disinfect hands and keep a safe distance to slow the spread of coronavirus, that they wouldn't get 10 million views. And if they did, he promised them that they could shoot their next project at his home. You know, the fucking Elysee Presidential Palace. Well, McFly and Carlito hit 10 million views without too much trouble and chose to shoot the parody metal group Ultra Vomit in their home. This is pretty funny and pretty damn clever as not only does it put a shitload more eyes on an already successful comedy duo it also means that far more people will now take the idea of safeguarding themselves against covid far more seriously so good work all around comedy and presidential fellas sadly however 
Not everyone with the kind of power that Macron has uses it wisely. And Brazilian President Jair Bonsonero, apologies to any Brazilian listeners I may have, that was probably fucking terrible. Because Max Cavalera had this to say on the president when talking to Landry Audio. I'm the first one to say this. This I know for a fact. Almost anybody that gets in power in Brazil immediately goes into corruption. It's almost like it's a virus. It's like a disease. It's like a president's disease. Brazil cannot have a good president even if he tries to. But it seems like this guy is even worse because he's kind of like Trump. He embraces the negative stuff with pride. He's proud to kill people. He's proud to destroy the Indians. It's kind of scary because he's proud of these things. To me, I don't know any politicians. I've never met any politicians. I don't want to meet any politicians. They're all scumbags. Well said, Max, by the way. The way I look at it, none of them really want to help. It's not just the guy. It's the system behind the guy that goes with the guy. It sucks that it's dividing families and doing so much damage, just like Trump did. Damage here in the US. I sang that on Primitive back in 2002, back to the primitive, fuck all the politics, and I was referring to all politics, including politics of music. I really think that as a career where you barely even look out for other people, you get corruption, you start corrupting, you can get rich from it, and you just do it for yourself, and that's it, man. And in the meantime, all the poor people are still dying and the problems are never solved. These are strong words from the Soulfly frontman. And I really don't know enough about the state of Brazilian politics to comment here. But what I have read up on the current president seems to revolve around him hating gays, women, and wanting the police to be able to shoot whoever they please, whenever they please. And also a yearning for a time when the country was run by dictators. All in all, he sounds like a complete dick. In other political stupidity, the offspring guitarist Noodles has gone for the juggler of a certain Republican representative Marjorie Taylor Greene after she took offence at the House Speaker, Nancy Pelosi, asking GOP members to prove that they've all been vaccinated before allowing members to be in the House chamber without a mask. In fact, Greene compared it to the Holocaust. Yeah, you heard that right. Greene said, with one foot wedged firmly up her ass, you know, we can look back at a time in history where people were told to wear a gold star and they were definitely treated like second-class citizens, so much so that they were put in trains and taken to gas chambers in Nazi Germany. Jesus fucking wept. I have no idea where you find these people in America, but congratulations. Anyway, Noodles took to Twitter. <laughs> You're being called out by somebody called fucking Noodles. Noodles took to Twitter to tweet out his response, which read, Holy shit, people actually voted for this tweaker's nightmare. This is today's GOP and a perfect example of why we need to move on without them. Party of the insane. I mean, where the hell do you start with someone as pig shit ignorant as Green? You could point out that if she, along with her other moronic party members, don't want to have the jab, then that's well within their rights as it is well within the rights of those that they have to work with who have done the right thing to not want these walking fucking petri dishes breathing in their goddamn faces. Or you could point out that with a face as ugly as hers, you'd probably think she'd be grateful for the opportunity to cover the fucking thing up. Or 
you could just remind her that the fucking Holocaust and having to wear a fucking face mask because you're too fucking stupid to get a fucking vaccine that will save your fucking life really isn't the same fucking thing. New rule, people. From now on, anyone who wants to be a politician should automatically be banned from being a politician because they're only in it for themselves. Elsewhere, in what can only be a case of throwing somebody under a bus, Dave must stay in because mummy won't let him out. This fired Dave Ellison after the latter was recently caught up in a sex tape scandal. Must stay in because mummy won't let me out, right? We are informing our fans that Dave Ellison is no longer playing with Megadeth and that we are officially parting ways with him. We do not take this decision lightly. While we do not know every detail of what occurred, because that's always the best way to fire your friends, with an already strained relationship, what has already been revealed now is enough to make working together impossible moving forward. Sorry, I can't say forward. Personally, I think this is a cunt thing to do and pretty much sums up Dave Mustaine because mummy won't let me out, in my opinion. He claims to be Dave's friend. Dave-ception, shall we say. Yeah, here the guy is going through a rough time of it anyway without actually having done anything wrong by all accounts other than diddle himself on the internet and Mustang kicks his ass out of the band. I'm not sure what would make it impossible for them to work together going forward. So yeah, I told you I can't say forward. But it sounds to me like he was just looking for an excuse to kick his supposed friend out of the group in the first place. And this is just giving him the smoking gun. Or possibly condom, as it were. As for Ellefson... He said that he's going to be pursuing revenge porn charges against a person who leaked the evidence of his infidelity in the first place. I'm not quite sure what that'll achieve, but I will say fair play to the bloke. He's obviously decided he's going to see it through to the end, so more power to him. Can't be nice to be accused of grooming when you're innocent. If there's any lesson to be learned here, though, is that if you have any form of fame, no matter how small or large, don't flop your cock out for other people to record. Which really is something that you really shouldn't have to tell people, is it? Elsewhere, the shit sandwich that is currently Marilyn Manson's life took a strange, strange-ass twist this week after a warrant was issued for his arrest after a videographer, somebody who shoots videos, recording one of his shows back in 2019, got spit on. Now, this is weird because of what allegedly happened, according to Manson's lawyer, Howard King. It is no secret to anyone who has attended a Marilyn Manson concert that he likes to be provocative on stage, especially in front of a camera. This misdemeanor claim was pursued after we received a demand from a venue videographer, whatever, person with a video camera, for more than $35,000 after a small amount of spit came into contact with their arm. After we asked for evidence of any alleged damages, we never received a reply. The whole claim is ludicrous but we remain committed to cooperating with authorities as we have done throughout. Now, according to three people that were at the show, Manson was hocking loogies like a frustrated eight-year-old. One said he was spitting everywhere and one time he got it on a camera so she wiped it off and looked semi-irritated. I'm not sure what semi-irritated is. He noticed this and kept purposely spitting on a camera, while a second added, bent down that he bent down to shoot his snot all over this woman. I can remember him just laughing about what he did. And the third said he spit on her a couple of times and then leaned real close to the camera and blew a huge snot rocket on her. God, are these people from the fucking 50s? 
After he did that, she almost threw her, her camera right down on the ground. Okay, first off, fucking gross. Secondly, who knew Marilyn Manson shot snot rockets? And thirdly, if this is the worst that the police departments of the United States of America managed to throw at Manson with everything else that's going on in his world, then you should just suck it up and pay the lady. In more uplifting news, Exodus drummer Tom Hunting has sworn that he'll be on stage alongside his bandmates when they play the Psycho Las Vegas Festival this August. For those of you who don't know, Hunting has been fighting stomach cancer and seems hell-bent on beating the shit out of it. According to Exodus guitarist Gary Holt, he'll be doing that from behind his own kit on the show. Holt took to Instagram and said, back on the fucking stage. When asked about doing the show, Tom said, if I'm walking, I'm drumming. So we said, book that motherfucker. This is proof that hunting is the kind of balls that must make it difficult to fucking walk, as he was only diagnosed with this illness back in April, and within four months, he plans to be pounding the skins once again. I wish him all the best, and I pray that he sat on his throne at these shows, as the roof will come off that motherfucker if he is. And talking of gigs, Paul Stanley has been sharing one of his favourite reviews from the early Kiss days. Patrick McDonald of the Seattle Times attended a Kiss show back in 1974 and he ripped the band apart. He said they were flashy because they couldn't play their songs, their tunes were for morons, and he hoped that the four guys who make up the group, whose names didn't matter, are putting money away for the future, the near future, because Kiss won't be around very long. As you can imagine, Stanley took to Twitter a few days ago to say, this grows funnier every year. And to the gentleman who wrote this prophecy... In 1974, I hope you were putting away your money for the future. It's not easy being an unemployed critic. Now, as a writer myself, I'll be the first to admit that this is funny as fuck, but also feel that I need to stand by one of my brethren, retired or not. Being a critic is never easy, and you have to find the right balance between predicting the next Iron Maiden and dismissing the next kicks. And you ain't always going to get it right. But as a word of caution... If you're going to shit on a band, make sure that you don't go full on, unless they're kicks, because they're fucking awful. But if you do, you might well be dismissing the next kiss. And in 40 odd years, you're going to look dumb as fuck. And finally, it's time for Orchard Corner here on the Old Metal Bar Steward. Now, the past couple of weeks, I've been reporting on the likes of uh, Metallica Transformer and Andy Warhol, owned by Alice Cooper, and six strands of Kurt Cobain's hair going up on the old auction block. And as far as I was concerned, that was going to be the end of it. But no, it appears that flogging your old shite is all the rage these days. And there are some prize pieces going under the hammer over the next few weeks. First up, the late, great, horrendously underrated Mitch Mitchell owned platinum and gold discs for Boulder's Love, The Cry of Love and Crash Landing are going up on the block. And are expected to fetch between $3,500 and $5,000 for the latter two gold ones. And a tasty 5,000 to 600, no, 6,500, sorry, for the platinum one, which is a nice chunk of chain. But if you fancy something else and you didn't manage to get hold of six strands of Kurt Cobain's hair that sold for $14,000 the other week, you have the chance to settle for one of Cobain's self-portraits that looks as if it was drawn by my three-year-old daughter. And will set you back about 20 grand. Not for you. Alrighty then, really want to flex your financial muscle? Well, Julian's Auction, they've got you covered as you can bid to own the Alex Van Halen drum kit from their 1980 Invasion Tour 
that should set you back somewhere in the conservative region of, and I'm not joking, $200,000 to $300,000. Why? I hear you ask. Well, faithful listener, it's because some people literally have more money than fucking sense. Especially if they buy the Cobain picture as, and I'm not lying here, is fucking terrible. And I can think of much better ways to spank 20 fucking grand. So there it is. Another week, another episode of the Old Metal Bar Steward. I've been your host, the Old Metal Bar Steward himself, Neil Gray. And don't forget my filthy animals. I'm off next week. So make sure to keep your eye out for a double episode dropping the week of 14th of June. As always, I'd like to thank you for listening to the show, brought to you in part by the 25 Years Later Media and the Ruminations Radio Network. And you all know the drill by now. When you turn off my dulcet tones, head on over to the main 25 Years Later site, as well as its sister sites, Horror Obsessive and Sports Obsessive, and get your eyeballs some top-notch reading. And don't forget to check out the other podcasts on the Ruminations Radio Network, as they've got you covered no matter what your air holes are craving. I'll be back here roughly within the next 14 days with more news, reviews and opinions. So until I speak to you then, stay safe and stay fucking metal, you filthy animals. Do you want more and amazing and awesome content just like this? Great shows with fun hosts. Do you want to indulge in some great discussion and rumination on a variety of topics? Join us at ruminationsradionetwork.com, the newest home to a diverse cast of podcasters and masterminds.